Is Florida Gators head coach Billy Napier on the hot seat for the 2024 season? We're going to have that conversation here today on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free for you to in the podcast and on YouTube. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Giants Country NFL 33. Hope you all enjoyed, hopefully, an extended weekend that you had. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Doesn't have to win. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. And uh, we're going to have the conversation about Billy Napier being on the hot seat, whether he is or isn't, whether he should or shouldn't be. And the reason that we're going to have this conversation is that yesterday an article came out uh, written by Edgar Thompson, Orlando Sentinel, talking about uh, talking to Scott Strickland. And basically Edgar was like, hey, is, is Billy on the hot seat? And Scott Strickland, St- Scott Strickland, the Florida Gators athletic director, said, I don't care. Doesn't matter. It's a made up term. People can put them on whatever the list they want to. Uh, has nothing to do with reality. Billy's a guy that if you give him time, it's going to work out and he's going to, he's going to figure it out. Um, that he's made some tough decisions and that they were the right call, which we'll talk about those a little bit later on in the show. We'll, we'll talk about the off season specifically what happened with the coaching staff and recruiting and all that. Um, and, and yeah, basically Scott Strickland is all on board with, Billy Napier's going to be here. He's going to be the guy. Um, and that he's not on the hot seat. And that's that's where we're going to end with what Scott Strickland has to say. Frankly, because uh, I, I don't necessarily care about that. Uh, I, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. I don't really care what Scott Strickland has to say about Billy Napier being on the hot seat. And the reason for that is that Scott Strickland will never in his life say that Billy Napier's on the hot seat. Scott Strickland will never in his life say that Billy Napier is is going to be fired because they're tied to each other at this point. If Billy Napier gets fired, Scott Strickland gets fired. There was no other way to put it. Like Scott Strickland, I, I said this when he hired Billy Napier. Scott Strickland won't get to hire another football coach here. You don't get to hire three coaches in under a decade and and continue to do that. No, 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 no. You're done. Um, so Scott Strickland will never be like, yep, Billy, Billy needs to play. Billy needs to coach well. Billy needs to have a good year. Otherwise, he's cooked. Because that means if Billy doesn't have a good year, then Scott Strickland is cooked. Also, let's talk about how 
you're going to have a united front there. Like you're you're not gonna an AD is almost it, it, it's not gonna be common that an AD comes out and goes, oh, if the football coach has a bad year, then he's cooked. Especially while recruiting is a thing, while the transfer portal, you're still trying to build the roster for this year. It's just simply not gonna happen. Um and so yeah, it, it might be true that Billy Napier needs more time to find success. Might be true. Uh, but the fact of the matter is his resume to this point isn't great. Um, Billy Napier's resume at Florida is not great. Just just going to throw that out there. He's what, 12 and, uh, what was it, 12, 12 and 14 now at, at his time in Florida. Um, so resume is not great. You could talk about the recruiting class and how it fell. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Scott Strickland's comments, take them with a grain of salt because Scott Strickland knows that as long as Billy Napier doesn't to get fired, then Scott Strickland maybe has a chance of keeping his job. But if Billy Napier gets fired, Scott Strickland will not be the athletic director at the University of Florida. Like, like that's that's why whatever Scott has to say about Billy and, and his contract and whatever, how long it takes, how long it's going to take to build a team. So it doesn't matter that much. And, and Scott Strickland made some valid points in that article. He talked about how you look at the college football playoff teams and it's guys that have kind of been together, that have had a nucleus together uh, for a couple of years, which... You look at the 2023 roster, a lot of the starters for Florida are returning. You only lost a couple to the NFL draft. You lost a few to the portal, but you only lost a couple to the NFL draft. So a lot of your starters are coming back. And, and so you can look to that continuity. You've got Graham Mertz in year two as a starter at Florida. You've got Montreal Johnson in year three as a starter at Florida. You've got Eugene Wilson the third in year two as a starter. You've got both of your tight ends as year two of starters. Um, and you look at that, and then you look at the defensive side, and you've got a corner returning for year three as a starter. You've got both of your safeties probably returning for year two as starters, or at least you're returning both of your guys who were starting at the end of the year uh, for Florida. We'll see who's going to get what playing time where. Uh, linebacker, you're bringing back Shamar for another big year, hopefully. So, yeah, Scott Strickland made the point of college football playoff teams, you know, that they have continuity with their roster and they're bringing back returning players, returning starters, all that. Most of them didn't lose their two best players, arguably their two best players in Trevor Etienne and Prince Liam on me, Ellen. Uh, most of them kind of kept that nucleus together. But, yes, there, there's absolutely validity to that point. It's also important to acknowledge that no matter if, when, uh, Billy Napier gets fired. I'm, I'm going to say if, when. Florida's going to be on the hook for a lot of money uh, because Scott Strickland got manhandled in, in the contract negotiations. And if, when Billy Napier gets fired, and I say if, when, not saying that when Billy Napier gets fired. I'm saying if, when, as in if Billy Napier gets fired or when he gets fired, um, Florida is going to be on the hook for 85% of his contract remaining. 
So it's not necessarily like, oh, you know, you, you keep them for another year and there's a huge drop off um, from who's going to like, like, it's not like there's a huge drop off in the buyout amount that's going to be owed or anything like that. It's, it's just, it's going to suck at, at any point. If you fire Billy Napier, you're going to owe him 85% of his contract remaining, which again, is just getting absolutely manhandled uh, in contract negotiations. And you can ask the question of should Billy Napier be on the hot seat, which I think every, every Florida Gators fan has an opinion of. Um, I, I would like to hear that from you. Should Billy Napier be on the hot seat? Not is he? Should he be on the hot seat? That's what I want to know. Do you think Billy Napier should be on the hot seat? Because we're going to have that conversation here in a second. But first, we're going to get a quick word from Jason Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I, whether that's getting fired up on wins, losses, who starts, who sits, coaching, fired, hired, whatever it may be. And I'm thankful for that connection. I'm very thankful for the platform that I have today. Chat's going to be a little bit more personal here of whether you're on extended travel, bracing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage. You are covered, my friend. Covered. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical, life-saving antibiotics, and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. One-year supply. Even ED generics for Cialis and Viagra. Boom. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. It's LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, no spaces for $20 off your purchase at jacemedical. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. See if it's offered for you. Thanks again for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And right before the break, I asked, do you think Billy Napier should be on the hot seat? And I'm not going to just ask you that question and not give you my answer. Uh, Yes, I think Billy Napier should be on the hot seat, but reasonably. And I say that because I say reasonably specifically because I don't I don't have unrealistic expectations for this team, I believe. I think that if Billy Napier like look, look at the current roster for the Florida Gators. Look at yes, you lost Princely. Yes, you lost Trevor Etienne, and that also has to go into the evaluation of should Billy Napier be on the hot seat because you, you lost your best players. Good coaches, good teams typically don't lose their best players um, for the reasons that you lost them. If it's NIL, then sure. But you look at uh, Princely. Princely left, and he said, "Hey." You know, I, I I want to be used better. I want I went to Ole Miss to be used by Dan Lanning the way that Alabama used Will Anderson Jr. You look at Trevor Etienne. He left because he wanted to win football games and wanted to run behind a better offensive line and be the lead back, which that be the lead back. That's never going to be a thing in modern football and especially not going to be a thing in Georgia. So I don't even care about that part of the argument. Uh, it's to win and be behind a better offensive line. And a good amount of money, but obviously his family already has money from his brother. Um, so I think you look at all that rough. Uh, I, I know that I've, I've put the video out before where I spoke to multiple players. And a few of them gave me the reason that the reason that they left was development and strength and conditioning program. Again, we'll talk about in the next uh, 
in the next segment. But I think that, yes, Billy Napier should be on the hot seat reasonably. I don't just mean, you didn't win 10 games, get the heck out of here. Uh, no. I think you look at the current roster, which you also, again, have to evaluate that the current roster is the way that it is because of Billy Napier. And you look at the schedule, which is obviously completely out of his control, and I do think that the schedule... I do think Florida has the toughest schedule I've ever seen. You have 11 Power 5 opponents and one FCS opponent in Samford. And, but I think that you also have to acknowledge that part of that's just the way things shook out. Like, like you got UCF when they went to the Big 12. Like that was supposed to be your group of five game. You're getting Florida State when they're coming off of a almost playoff run. Great year. You're getting a lot of these teams when they're hitting their stride. And that's what really sucks with some of this. Like, you're getting Ole Miss when they've built a fantastic team. If you win seven games, I think you deserve another opportunity. I think that's where I stand. If you can win seven games with this schedule, with this roster, then I think that you've proven... I think that you you've earned yourself more opportunities to show that maybe you can get it done because you're looking at again the toughest schedule I've ever seen. You've got a, a roster that that has potential. It has potential. Isn't great. I'm not going to say it's bad. I don't believe it's bad. I think you've got guys at key positions, and and if you if you land on some of these portal guys, you're looking at a significantly better roster this year than last year, even with losing Princely and Trevorian. Um, so I think that if you win seven games, then you probably deserve another look. However, it's not just if you win seven games, because you can win seven games with, if there's major injuries to a couple of starting quarterbacks on your schedule or teams just underwhelm significantly, like on paper, toughest schedule I've ever seen, but on film might not be the same. I think you need to win seven games, not just six, not just bowl eligible, that's seven. And I think you're bad. And okay, I, I think you can win six and get it by if if your bad games are significantly improved. Like context matters here. Context matters. It's hard to just say if you win seven, but I think you win seven, you've earned another look. But your your bad games need to be significantly better. You can't have a Utah performance where you just come out and you get dog walked physically. That can't happen. You can't get dog walked like Princely. When he left, Princely was like, oh, um, it felt like we were practicing and, and lifting and training to play in the Pac-12. A Pac-12 team dog-walked Florida. Completely manhandled them. You can't have that happen. You can't have an Arkansas game. But I, I get it. Arkansas was, at the time, the best 2-6 and six team in the country. Fact remains, you had five wins. They had two. And you lost in a game that you should have won, there were so many mistakes made in that game. They were unacceptable. Like you can't have a game like that either. You need to be able to win games against good teams, win games against bad teams, and your losses need to one come against good teams and two be at least respectable performances on the field. So I think that when you're looking at that, that matters too. And like I said, context matters. You look at the rivalry games. You look at the Kentucky. You look at Georgia. Like let, let's let's say Georgia is hell. 
Georgia's probably going to go into this game this year favored by three touchdowns again. Um, that's probably going to be the expectation, right? Like, like that, that, that should be the expectation probably that, again, not as a Florida fan, not as anything, just the expectation is probably going to be, hey, Georgia's going to be really good. Florida's not going to be as good. We're probably going to see that huge uh, that huge talent disparity here. I, actually, I'm going to pull it up while I'm, while I'm talking. I'm going to pull this up and see if I can get to the lines, if they have them up on FanDuel right now for Florida versus Georgia, and, and just see uh, what, what that line looks like early. It, it is not available. It is not available yet. Um, but yeah, I think it's reasonable to expect that game to probably be three touchdown favorites. Like it has been the past two years and you have to, I I know that a lot of people don't care about gambling. I'm not saying that you have to be Georgia, but you can't get blown out by Georgia. Looking at Kentucky (laughs) for the love of God, Florida needs to be able to beat Kentucky. Like you've got to be a team that can do that. Uh, Tennessee, you, you beat Tennessee handedly this year. Do it again. Simple as that. Texas is going to be damn good. Ole Miss is going to be damn good. LSU is going to be damn good. Florida's like, you're going to be running the gauntlet at the end of the year again. You're going to be running the gauntlet at the end of the year again, but you have to walk away with, and, and you've got, a few of those games are going to be in Gainesville. You have to be able to walk away with a victory. You have to be able to walk away with the win. It's just got to be the case. And so I think context matters, but for Florida, you've, you've got to be able to actually knock things out and, and win good games. And the games that you lose have to be respectable because the games that you lost this year for Florida were just so so terrible. I remember after the Arkansas game, uh, walking away and leaving the stadium, and, and I forgot who it was that stopped me. But they were like, oh, what are you going to say in, in your postcast? And I was just like, I don't know, because what I want to say, I'm not allowed to say on camera. Like, I'm not allowed to say about it. And, and like, you can't have losses like that. that it's just unacceptable. Honestly, if you have a loss like that again, just cut ties immediately and just call it a day. Um, and I know that's me being emotional, mad, whatever the hell you want to say, but but you just can't have losses like that. It's unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable for Florida. Uh, now we'll talk about this past off season because I do think that it is important to acknowledge. Uh, what changes have been made, what changes weren't made that should have been made. We'll talk about that in a second, but first we're going to have a quick word from FanDuel here. Today's episode of Locked On Gators is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL playoffs, I mean, they're beautiful. I'm just going to tell you, they've been fantastic. Um, Very profitable, we'll say, as well. Um, Yeah, they've been, I'm just going to say, they've been very nice to have. I will leave it at that. But FanDuel America's FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. And if you're a new customer, you can get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. It's 150 bucks when you place a $5 bet. Doesn't have to hit. 
win, lose, put it on something crazy. There's a ton of game specials out there now for the NFL. Um, I had Amon Ra, St. Brown, and Puka Nakua to combine for 200 yards. And it was like, I, I it, was, it was something insane. Some kind of, it was like plus 450 or something like that. And I cashed in the third quarter. They're awesome. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. And remember, the FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. To wrap up today's show, uh, we are talking about the moves that the Florida Gators made this past offseason because I think that's also important to acknowledge with talking about should this coach be on the hot seat, will this coach be on the hot seat, all that stuff. Coaching staff moves, I don't think, are done. Uh, you look at Sean Spencer and Corey Raymond were let go right after the season. And I've, I've said before, I don't know the specific reasons for why they were let go. But I will say that I think part of it might be because of loose lips. Um, just just guys that, that they might have been guys that talked a lot. And that's why they were let go. Like notice how Florida has had significantly less leaks since those guys have been gone. Um, maybe that played a part in, in that of Florida, you know, I feel like every every year we kind of went through uh we kind of went through, oh, Florida is recruiting this guy. Florida feels like they're gonna land this guy, and then they don't when another rival scoops in and makes the move there. That hasn't really happened uh since Corey Raymond and Sean Spencer left. So maybe that was part of it. That's been my theory of why those two specifically were fired at the times that they were, uh, when they were both on expiring contracts as well. Uh, looking at Rob Sale, Darnell Stapleton. I don't know what the changes are going to be. You have to imagine that there's going to be some kind of change there on the offensive line coaching staff, considering how poor recruiting has been and how poor play has been. I, I think that you got you, you to gotta say something has to change there. I don't know what the answer is specifically, but something has to change there. You look at the moves that were made were, I want to say aggressive, but I think a better adjective would be risky. I think you went with young guys like Gerald Chapman from Tulane. Uh, you went with Will Harris, who was with the Chargers in Washington before that, and Gerald Chapman was with LSU before and Cincinnati Bengals before. I think you added youth, and that's I think probably going to help you on the recruiting trail. I, I feel like that's one benefit of having young guys on this coaching staff is that it's going to help relate to recruits. And we've talked so much about how it's about relationships. Like so much of this is about relationships. And I think that that's a strong selling point of we've got young guys that'll help us with recruiting and, and, and adding to the talent. I think that the hire of Will Harris I think it was also great because I think it gets you into California as a recruiter. Like, like you have Arliss Boardingham. You, you've had guys that you've brought on campus uh, and that you've talked to and you look like Jaden Rashada um, who committed or whatever. Uh, and then, yeah, that, uh, that just all crumbled. But I think Will Harris gets you into California and California produces some damn good defensive backs. And I think him being the defensive backs coach at Florida gets you in the door of Florida with, with so many Florida kids. 
Uh, so I think that Will Harris is a great hire for that reason. And I think that when you add the experience of Ron Roberts, I don't like the the fact when people or the, not even the fact the narrative that people tried to push when Ron Roberts got hired of oh well good thing that you're bringing in a mentor for your defensive coordinator at the SEC level. I don't like that little narrative just because I don't think it. I like I don't think that's what it is. But also, if you brought in someone like, would you rather not bring in someone that's going to help? your defensive staff like it, i don't i don't get why you'd be mad at it i i get you could be mad at the initial hire but like of, of austin armstrong but that was a year ago get over it uh you, you've made adjustments you've made changes i think ron roberts will help austin armstrong kind of find his footing a little bit maybe better um will be will help him kind of adjust more to the power five level as well. will help him adjust to the offenses that Florida is going to see, especially when you look at uh, Ron Roberts creepers, replacement blitzes, whatever you want to call them, how they've been used to stop the RPO. And then you look at the schedule next year, you're like, okay, Texas is going to do it. Ole Miss is going to do it a lot. Uh, you, you look at who Florida plays and it's like, okay, well, you're going to see quite a bit of RPOs like UCF. Miami's going to do it. Florida state's going to do it. And you've added Ron Roberts and you're like, okay, Maybe we can box some of them up. And and I love the experience of you've added young coaches, but now you've added a guy with 30 years of coaching experience that coached multiple positions throughout his career. And again, I think Ron Roberts is someone who should be in the box. Um, he should be up in the coach's box as co-defensive coordinator and let him talk down to Austin Armstrong and let him say, like, hey, this this is what I'm seeing do that. And it's someone that Austin Armstrong trusts and has relationships with, of course, as his mentor. So I love the addition of Ron Roberts. Again, if you've been listening to this show since Billy Napier got hired, you know that I've been a massive fan of Ron Roberts for years now. Um, and I want Ron Roberts to be the DC when Billy Napier got hired at Florida. I was like, okay, well, he's got some experience at Baylor, the power five. Now bring him over. Uh, didn't happen. Then he went to Auburn, and then now he's back at Florida. Again, I think you need to make a, a change in the offensive line coaching. I don't know what the answer is, but the current duo is not working out the way they should be. And so I think that you get one offensive line coach and figure out who that's going to be, if that's on staff or not, whatever it may be, uh, and you figure that out. But I think that the coaching staff moves are at least – I think the coaching staff changes kind of indicate that Billy Napier knows he needs to foot to the floor. Um, coaching staff moves are not done. I also think it's very clear that players, most of them, are still very much bought in on Billy Napier. I, I, I told the story that after the Arkansas game, I really hope Florida gets bowl eligible because I don't think that you can not win a bowl game two years in, or not make a bowl game two years in a row and keep your job at Florida. Um, and that the players that I spoke to, which were a lot of them uh, while, while I was down there, just got, they got the opportunity to talk to a good deal of them. And all of them that I spoke to were very bought in on, I just hope Napier gets the time because we know he can do it. Like, like we know he could be the guy to turn Florida around. 
like, so roster buy-in is there. I get it. You lost some guys that you shouldn't have lost and you lost some guys that maybe they left because they weren't bought in. But for the most part, the huge majority of this roster is bought in on Billy Napier is bought in on this coaching staff. So I think that when you just look at that, like, I'm not saying that's a reason to keep him, but I do think again, like I said earlier, context matters. And these guys are bought in. Uh, you, you've got a lot of buy-in. You've got moves to the coaching staff. I think it's something to consider. But again, results need to be like, like you need results at the University of Florida, and you haven't gotten them yet. So, is Billy Napier on the hot seat? I think so. Uh, I, I don't think Scott Strickland is going to admit that, but I think Scott Strickland is also on the hot seat. So why would he admit that? Again, like I mentioned, they're paired together. But should he be? Absolutely. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free. Every listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, maybe later, to talk more Florida Gators football for Lockdown Gators. I'm Brandon Olson. Uh, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brent, Twitter, X, whatever, at WNS underscore Brent. Find all my written work with Giants Country and NFL 33, and I will see you all next time.